Round one. Fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everybody to the 296th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy audio legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, as is tradition, my podcast writer, Dai, the Goku to my Vegeta. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ali Hart. Miss Ali Hart, how the bloody hell are ya? Doing good, doing good. I'm glad I got the references because sometimes like I always get paranoid that you're going to reference something and I'm going to be like, oh, I've got no bloody clue what he's on about. But <laughs> I, I just get those, really. I just get those. You could have you done a far reach and I might have been a little bit screwed. Yeah, but you know what? You would have faked it until you made it anyway and uh, we would have segued <laughs> in easily as we do because we are professionals for the most part when it comes to this podcasting game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or something. I don't know, but you've we're had, back. You've had a bit of a rough week, so we're gonna like let let you slide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been um I've been away for a work conference all week, and the days and the nights have been just as long as one another. And uh, yeah, last like Thursday night, the the sort of the blow off night before I came home yesterday, I did not get home until four thirty in the morning, Ooh. and then a customer called me at quarter past seven. So. Yeah, my uh, my brain is hurting and more fragile than usual. So apologies, listeners, if uh, I become scattershot or uh, incoherent this episode. But the coffee is doing its job so far, and I'm feeling reasonably okay. I think that's that's a good that's a good point to start from. I guess yeah, reasonably okay. Only one way We're to go fine. from there. Mm, yeah, on my way towards fine and beyond. But something that was fine and beyond i'll quickly just say i rolled credits on cult of the lamb last weekend after we uh excuse me finished recording episode 295 and my god that game's great like i want to keep deep diving we sort of had a pretty good gush session last saturday on 295 of thg and it's brilliant massive monster kudos to you and everyone else broadly involved through there and devolver for getting this game out to the masses um it's awesome and i thoroughly 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 recommend playing it if you're looking for a fun cute yet slightly horrifying and traumatic game that does everything in all the right ways yeah i'm like i am still loving it i'm still playing it having rolled credits because i'm a little too focused on my little cult element of the game um but you know it's buzzing i love it um i'm i it, i have had to now actually play the game as it's meant to be played and go through the dungeon. So I'm, I'm knocking those bosses out. Um, and I just want to say that I love how successful the game has been and it's getting a lot of um, acknowledgement and now seeing it in um, mainstream. I saw that there was actually the project did a little, little bit about them and their success and what they're doing over there and made a small acknowledgement on uh, the successes of the Australian gaming scene and the developers that have been seeing some great successes. So, um, yeah, just just great to see when, you know, Aussie, Aussie developers, Aussie studios are doing well. So 110%. I think we can just sort of leapfrog into this part really quick. Sweet of the, of the week. Said, 
And yeah, at Devolver Digital sent out some love as well on the back of all the broader mainstream media. And they've said, congratulations to Massive Monsters and our Dark Lord, the one who waits on selling 1 million copies of Cotter Lamb the first week. Thanks to the community for the support and understanding as patches are lined up to update the game. Lots of cool stuff in the works, dot, dot, dot. Oh, snap. So million copies first week uh, for a game that's come out out of nowhere. Well, not maybe out of nowhere. Like, we didn't know much about this for a while until earlier this year, but it's come out and it seems to have uh, captured a lot of people's hearts and one million units sold out in the first seven days is uh, nothing to complain about. So congrats to Massive and uh, Devolver for that one. Yeah, I think they've done really well for creating a really cool aesthetic, something that hasn't been seen before and combining two things that a lot of people, a lot of gamers enjoy. Um, And then also just acknowledging the uh, Twitch extension that they actually added to this game where uh, like people watching a stream, they can actually become members of the cult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having that element, getting streamers to play and getting their followers involved definitely, um, you know, brought up the hype. I'm constantly seeing a lot of people just play uh, Cult of the Lamb on on Twitch. So yeah, very it's well super done. fun. It's super fun. And yeah, that, that sort of interactivity and, and being able to connect it to your live Twitch audience is, is a great little uh, little wrinkle where, mm-hmm. yeah, the, those little, little village or cold NPCs become a little bit more memorable in that way when it's uh, people from your community potentially living or dying based off your very abrupt decisions. But no, it's great. And also played last night, jumped back into Fortnite for the first time in a little while. Obviously, we've got the, the Dragon Ball Z collab going on. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was rolling around last night with Wilco, with Dane Peavy, and as well with Stevie Jar. And holy guacamole, is there a lot of Kamehameha's getting shot around the map? These uh. things are... I'm not a big fan of these because they uh, do a lot of damage really quickly and you get in big trouble, Miss Hart, if you're not careful. I have anxiety <laughs> hearing that noise. I'll be minding my own business and then you just hear, Kame! And I'm like <laughs> looking around. Hide! <laughs> Where is that coming from? <laughs> like, so much anxiety now hearing that noise and it's just added a different, really different play style to the, the game gameplay like um, I'm having a lot of like reaching the final zones and being like the final like at least the final two or final three teams or whatever and it's just laser well I don't know what yeah. command command is. Everywhere. Yeah, it's nuts. It's, it's, it's everywhere and like a lot of the winning teams are winning with a Kamehameha my husband loves it like he's having a blast with it pun intended I guess um, <laughs> but for me uh, I don't know. My aim's off. I'm not really like. I'm not really about that kind of distance fighting. So, um, yeah, I I'm getting like just uh, I'm getting really anxious playing the game at the moment. Just hearing those noises. Me but. too. Like uh, we we played last night. We played for probably three ish hours, maybe a little bit more. First game we queued up, got a win, which was nice. Mm. And like every other game we had, we'd get into top five, top three, top two or whatever. And that's the thing. You'd get to that final exchange and then the other team you're versing just has an army of Kamehameha's charged up and there's just these blue beams shooting across everywhere. And like, it's cool and it's it's a new wrinkle to try and master. But I'm with you. Like, I didn't use it once playing last night. Like, I could pick it up a few times but I'm like, no, nah, I just, just want my guns. Just want to play what I'm familiar with. And it's probably to my detriment for not uh, not trying to 
to attack this new meta because I was getting slapped by giant blue beams of death all across the map. <laughs> I have to give it credit though. Uh, it has encouraged me to use the like the high powered sniper rifle because mm-hmm. when they do the Kamehameha, they're stuck in a standing position up in the air. So if you hear it, you could actually if you have a high level like legendary sniper rifle, you could just knock them out. Yeah. Um, mid, you know. That's true. So like that's that's mid Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mid Kamea. Um that's so that's actually been my play now because I kind of got sick and tired of it. Um so, you know, they're out there for anyone else. I also like that you can actually watch some Dragon Ball Z episodes in the game. Yeah, yeah. And so I loaded that up and watched a watched an ap- episode of Dragon Ball and kind of didn't understand what was going on, but it was good to be there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's still a weird jarring collab where you're running around and then Goku is shooting you with a shotgun with his shirt off like uh you know, <laughs> you'd never envision these characters to be gun-toting maniacs, but here we are in 2022 and yeah, it's awesome, and, and obviously the world loves Dragon Ball, so I can well, only yeah. imagine the amount of money they've generated from the store because, you know, those skin skin packs that they're releasing, all the single cells uh, of particular characters, it is not cheap. So uh, no, Epic not. would be printing even more money this week, I think. Definitely. My husband just sent me an article. Um, there's rumours that they're going to do a collab with Destiny, so I'm going to be broke soon. I saw that uh, pop up just this morning on, on the socials, which which would be cool. But yeah. I wonder which, like, like you'd think they'll have, like, yeah, Titan Warlock and a Hunter skin, mm. but what armor set will they commit to? No, it would have to be characters. So it would be, like, oh, Savala. Oh, no, it's not gonna, Savala. It has, it's always going to be Savala. It'll be, it'll be, like, three of them. Um, I'm, I'm just, like, like... I, I don't know. Like like I'm 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 all right about it, but I'm also not right about it. I don't know. It's like it's kinda like mixing my favorite foods that don't go really well. It's like, you know, you're giving me ice cream but you're also giving me lasagna and I'm like, they're great by themselves, but I'm not too sure if I want to eat them together. So That's true. Yeah, ice cream and lasagna. I don't know about that one. Although as well. technically that's an ice cream cake, so Touche. Hmm, we got something to ponder there. <laughs> but uh yeah, if the Destiny Destiny Fortnite collabs legit, like yeah, you'd have like little ghost packs. You could have Sparrow, like you're holding onto the Sparrow and flying in yeah. as your vehicle. Like there's there's a lot of opportunity there and some really cool skins. Uh, but yeah, Zavala, sub him out for another. Like I love you, Lance Reddick, but I hate you, Zavala. So god damn it, as a Titan, that pains me. But uh, yeah, that's cool to see. It's very cool to see. Yeah. And um, I see you've been playing a little game as well this week that hasn't been uh, mentioned on the pod here so far. Yeah, I um, got to play the Two Point Campus game. Um, I was um, I, I enjoyed the hospital one. Um, I kind of reminded me of a um, theme hospital, which I used to play way back when. And then I saw the announcements. Um, I think during three E three or maybe Microsoft, but it's part of Game Pass. And this is the same kind of concept of like Two Point Hospital, but it's campus, so it's university, college, school kind of like um, you know, twist onto it. Uh it's it's fun, but it's it's hard to explain in the sense that. It feels familiar enough that I like. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I understand how this is. Um, but then they've added this weird twist to it, like where 
it's dragging on for me. So it's like, it's like, yes, it's familiar. It's, but it's, it's not familiar enough that like, I'm, I'm not really fond over it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm like, I'm not too sure if I'm enjoying this. Like it feels, it kind of feels like I'm still playing hospital, which is like the tiniest bit of change to it. So I'm not, I'm not too sure if I'm, it's winning me over so much. So that's, that's a bit sad. Like I, I enjoyed um, Two Point Hospital, but yeah, it does look like damn near identical thing. Just they've changed the vertical from from the medical field to the education space. So, what yeah. drastic differences would you have in there, or where where could they take it? So, is it it's feeling very same same, but not really different? Yeah, like it's like because like I'm I'm totally I'm totally okay with like it being the same kind of gameplay design, which it is. It is the same kind of gameplay design, um, but I don't think the change enough in the theme, I guess, of the mm-hmm. of the builder isn't um, isn't enough. It 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 doesn't feel like yeah, it doesn't feel different, completely different. It's just it's just enough, but much of the same. So, um. Like the, yeah, I like I like I'll probably p- keep playing it because I'm a stickler for you know completing things, um. But like overall, like if you're if you're happy with the same same, then you'll probably really enjoy it. But if you were expecting maybe enough difference between the two games, you probably you might be a bit disappointed. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm a stickler, but like that's kind of just the vibe that I got from it. Mm. No, I get you. Like I'm, I'll jump in and give it a crack eventually. But it wasn't sort of a a day one must play for me. Like, yeah, I, I felt similar where I'm like, it looks, looks more of the same. And, you know, I enjoyed two point hospital. So if it's going to give me some similar enjoyment, awesome. But yeah, what's that loop? What's that long-term hook? Like, mm. I think it'll be a few hours here or there, and then I won't think about it again for many a while. And then I might have nothing to do and want to go back and see what else is happening at my university and what have you. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's cute. And like, it's, it's whimsical and it, it's got its own sort of humor and, uh, you know, writing style as far as the tone and the quirky characters you exactly, meet along the way. Yeah. And it's it's fun. And Two Point Studios have sort of got their their little niche there and, and maybe that's it. They're just comfortable in that lane and they don't really want to sort of veer too out of that lane. They're just like, no, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Love it or leave it, Australia. <laughs> maybe. <World. laughs> maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll persist. Maybe I'm still in that kind of, tutorial learning curve so maybe i need to venture on a bit more just to get like over that hurdle maybe 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 they need to dramatize a bit more and have like weird scenarios play out and um you know fully lean into university life that you see in the movies and bring all those dramatic tropes in at once and uh see if you can navigate that world maybe spice it up a little who doesn't love simulation-based spice that is the question world i don't think anybody does not love simulation-based spice because it's the safer way to get your spice yes yes <laughs> help me somebody please um anything else you want to mention about what we've been up to this past week or should we keep rocking and rolling and dive into some of these uh big juicy news articles let's talk some news all right. Before we do, I'll quickly just say uh, we're still running a couple of giveaways at the moment. Uh, our monthly pizza prediction is still live, and uh, we've got Saints Row as our title of choice for this month. To get your entry in, head over to our Discord, which you'll find the direct link in the show notes of this podcast. Check out there and just drop your predicted Metacritic score for what you think Saints Row will achieve when it gets released this coming week. 
closest to the pin gets it. If you do go over, you do bust. It's price is right rules. But if you're closest and then tied with someone else with that same score, we'll just chuck you in a randomizer and see who gets that pizza pie on us. And also, we're going to just kick off again another giveaway for an ATH GL3 gaming headset, courtesy of our friends over at Audio Technica. To enter, simply send us a screenshot of you leaving a rating for the Hungry Gamers or any other of the 8 bit podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to go into the draw, and we will announce that winner in September. I can't believe September is just around the corner, Miss Hart. That is absolutely terrifying. So let's take a breath and jump into this. This week's news headlines. And the first little quick hitter, developer Squanch Games has announced that High on Life has been delayed from its original October 25th release date to December 13th via a tweet. And the tweet reads as follows. As we work to polish the best possible gaming experience for High on Life, the game's release date will be moved to December 13th of 2022. Squanch Games then said in a statement further to that, the team at Squanch Games is excited for you to play and we thank you for your continued patience and support. So obviously this is the game done by part of the Brains Trust that are attached to Rick and Morty. Yeah. This was that very uh, very unique, quirky, absolute fever dream trip of a game that was announced <laughs> and, um, at the Xbox slash Bethesda showcase a few months ago. So we've got a six-week-ish delay. But, uh, you know, it just means we've got a funky game to play over our Christmas break now. It's funny because, like, whenever you hear that there's about to be a delay announcement, we really hear some drastic, like, date comparisons. Mm -hmm. But then this one's just like, yeah, from October to December in the same year. And now it's just kind of like, oh, that just that? That's okay. (laughs) Like, Yeah, that's fine, Squanch. Take your time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's fine for all of them, you know. But it's just like now we're kind of almost conditioned into expecting that if we're going to hear about a delay, it's going to be like almost like a year or half a year at least. Um, so hearing these ones, not so not so bad, not so much of a shocker. Mm, six weeks-ish for some extra polish. You know, if like we're advocates for, for delays. If, if it's not going to be ready by X date you've announced, you've got to move it, so be it, because yeah. you want that first experience to be the best experience. And, and hopefully... Uh, High on Life, which looks like an absolute trip fever dream of, an, of a game, is going to be uh, very memorable. And it's nice to see we'll still be able to talk about it in our sort of end of year discussion when we do the wrap ups in December. So uh, that's cool. Uh, next bit of news we got uh, Activision has announced that the fifth and final season of Call of Duty Warzone will begin on August the 24th. So that's in like four days' time of recording right now, implying the release of Warzone 2 could be right around the corner. Announced on the game's website, the final season is named Last Stand and is centered around a league of Call of Duty villains led by Black Ops 2's Raul Menendez. The original Modern Warfare's Khalid Al-Assad also makes an appearance alongside Ghost Gabriel T. Rourke and Black Ops 3's He Seraf Zenzen. So uh, we've got the baddies getting front and center for the final uh, go around for Call of Duty Warzone before we inevitably pivot to Warzone 2 on the back of the Modern Warfare 2 remake that's uh, you know coming out in a few months' time as well. Mm. Uh, cool. I have not played a game of Warzone this year since just about the start of the year. It's, it's something that's so far off my radar, it doesn't get pinged at all for me. I don't think I've played Warzone. I think I played Call of Duty, maybe. Maybe I didn't. Maybe that was last year. Everything's mm. starting to like you know just mold like into each other, so it's kind of hard to remember dates and such. But um, 
Well, it's fifth and final season, so I, I'm sure Call of Duty fans will be happy to know that that implies that new content is on the way. Um, but then again, when new content comes in, especially for what people have come to know and be used to, means that, you know, if any drastic changes are made, then that, you know, creates problems mm-hmm. within the community. So, but, yeah. Yeah, I I do like that we get some some vi- showcasing of the villains. Like I I love when when big IPs bring all their their villainous all stars together. You know, we saw that with most recently with Far Cry, where they had those additional yeah, DLC pieces true. where you could focus on all the all the big bads. And now Cotter's doing the same thing because a good memorable villain is even more memorable than a good uh, good protagonist, in my opinion. And uh, yeah see what they do with these characters and how they weave it into the overall Warzone landscape. But for COD fans, I guess they're going to be happy. And for the rest of us, we'll just keep moving into this next bit of news. And uh, (laughs) this one, uh, the internet rumor mill and uh, obviously data farmers combing through gaming code and, and the like strongly suggest that not only the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz, but also Beetlejuice and members of the Matrix are making their way to the multiverse's fighting roster. So uh, this cast of characters in this game is already absurd. But can you imagine Beetlejuice, the Wicked Witch of the West, and like Neo and Trinity or Morpheus fighting in this game too? Well, you just we started this podcast with you talking about being shot by Goku. So I don't know, like if in this day and age anything's possible. The <laughs> witch, like though, is is pretty unique. I I definitely wouldn't have guessed that. But uh Beetlejuice seems seems right. Like Beetlejuice, um I I'm thinking back to the oddly enough, the animated series and mm-hmm. that kind of aesthetic and like I'm almost certain there was a game i had there has to have been a game that beetlejuice was in because i'm getting some like weird like deja vu or memory of beetlejuice like having like an attack of some variety but he seems he seems the most appropriate for this kind of like battle game and i guess the matrix as well but this is warner right like yeah, this is all through Warner. So Warner's just going to like essentially just open up their catalog of like all their IPs and just kind of run their finger around and then just pick whatever. Yeah, I'm just uh just looking cuz yeah, I did vaguely remember the gaming. So there was there was a couple of games released tied into Beetlejuice in the 90s and um oh, yeah, on the that- on the NES <laughs> and then the Game Boy they popped up on and uh, yeah, one of the most recent ones was called Skeletons in the Closet. And uh, you know what the crazy part is? Mm. Rare actually developed the game oh. uh, in 1991 for the NES. So uh, that's interesting. They also did uh, the second game, Horrific Hijinks from the Netherworld, uh, in 1992 for the Game Boy. So uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see how Beetlejuice and if they're getting Michael Keaton to come back and voice some lines. Do we get a Winona Ryder appearance? Do we get a uh, Gina Davis or a um, a Baldwin appearance? Alec Baldwin, I think, is the Baldwin brother that's in Beetlejuice as I, well. Yeah, I think that's right. I've only seen but, that movie uh, once. Yeah, great film. Beetlejuice has lived on in infamy for many years. Like, I think they still have like the Beetlejuice stage show at like Universal years years on since the movie came out in the 80s 
And then we were having a sequel that's been in development hell for, Jesus, a decade plus as well. So I don't know, but maybe this is the uh, the first sign of Beetlejuice coming back to the big and small screens in, in various facets. But uh, he does have that, a and musical. then the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the musical. It's actually not bad. Oh, actually, I probably mm. should see that one. That one would actually be pretty cool to watch. Yeah, but... We're going to be talking about this, I think, over the coming months and years if Multiverses maintains and establishes a good steady that's, audience. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. Like, I like I got to be honest, when I heard about Multiverses, I'll be like, watch this die. Like, this is not going to succeed. It's going to, you know, it's going to flop. It's, it's, it's going to it's going to have a high high and then it's just going to crash. Um, so, but it's, people are still talking about it. People are still playing it. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe time will tell. I just can't wait to see this game looking ahead in a couple of years' time, what that roster is going to look like, what other random additions that they're going to have, and I'm all for it. Like The, the weirder, more obscure characters, the better, I think, uh, yeah. for me. And I'm the Wicked Witch of the West certainly checks that box. Yeah, She scared me a little bit when I watched um, The Wizard of Oz when I was a kid. I didn't really like witches when I was a kid. Her, oh, Green Wicked Witch of the West, and yeah. also Roald Dahl's The Witches. That See, movie that scared one, the shit out one, of me. I never watched it. I like I learned about it later. Yeah, that was messed up. That's not stuff that you show kids. Mm. They turn you into mice. They like want to eat you and kill you. And uh, obviously, yeah, they lose all their skins and then just look real horrific. Like it's some dark stuff. It's, it's that was pretty messed up for kids to watch. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, you watched, a little bit shook for a while. You watched Pet Cemetery as a kid. Yeah, and Hellraiser and all these other yeah, ones. But so that one, The Witch, I think because I went into The Witches thinking, oh, it's Roald Dahl, it's going to be fun whimsical. and whimsical. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, it's kind of like horror. It's hell. And I'm very scared now. <laughs> <laughs> Mom! All right, next bit of news. Sony may be developing its own PC games launcher akin to Steam and the Epic Game Store for its use with its wide range of PlayStation PC re-releases. As reported by VGC, the files for the PC version of Spider-Man Remastered include reference to references to a, in quotes, PlayStation PC launcher. While games uh, while game files often mention content that has been scrapped, like a potential multiplayer mode in Spider-Man, it at least shows that having an independent PC launcher is an idea being floated at Sony. Further files also reference PSN account linked and PSN linking entitlements, despite Sony not offering any connectivity between users. PlayStation Network accounts and their PlayStation Studio PC games so far. So it makes sense um, mm. as as Sony pushes more into the PC ecosystem to try yeah. and control their own destiny and maximize the, the money they can make from these games as opposed to parking it on a Steam or an Epic. So I certainly feel that there's smoke to this or there's fire to this smoke. Yeah. Um, and it totally makes sense. Yeah, we've been seeing like slowly a lot of um a lot of yeah, like PlayStation exclusive titles finally like making their way to PC, um, much to the displeasure of PlayStation owners or PlayStation fanboys. Um, so it only makes sense that maybe they've kind of take a step back and said, we really need to like if we're gonna keep doing this, then we need to kind of keep it within our little ecosystem and you know, can have better control over where this goes and how it's handled, I guess. So uh, it was about time. I guess it just like, I guess, yeah, they're kind of, you reckon they're kind of like almost like kind of been force pushed based on like how 
accessible Xbox is on PC? I think so. I think seeing the success and I guess that dotted line connectivity where Game Pass and there's Game Pass for PC and then you know certain certain games that fall into one and not the other, it makes sense to be able to have a game that potentially runs and looks better on PC than compared to the console. It's it's not as restrictive on the hardware. And it's also showing that they're they're getting like another injection of of financial greatness from these re-releases because a lot of PC gamers don't own consoles, so it's it's their first time experience playing God of War, Horizon, Death Stranding, you know, title da 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 da. But uh, the Death Stranding one, like related but unrelated, yeah. did you see? It's dropped on Game Pass for PC this week. You know, Hideo Kojima and Sony collab sneaking its way onto Game Pass and they are, yeah, this sort of came out of nowhere this past week and Xbox were doing some very clever marketing attached to this, but it's only PC Game Pass, not console. Mm -hmm. So if you're yet to play Death Stranding, you can only do it on the the Game Pass PC variant. You can't play it on your Xbox, but still big pull. That's, I think that's, pretty massive I, it, apparently it's a very basic edition apparently there's multiple editions of this game so it's the, it's the bare bones one but i mean i like i would have never played this game but hearing about it being on game pass pc i'm like do i dip my toe like mm-hmm. everyone knows i probably won't there's a million and one other games that i'll probably be playing but i mean yeah you're right though like there are a lot of people who are predominantly just pc or only pc gamers so you kind of like kind of cut them out but yeah it's it's mostly it being on game pass it's kind of more of the ooh mm, like we we had the the confirmation that Hideo is working with Microsoft this year at the on a game <laughs> on yeah on a game and a and game. i guess this is one of the the stepping stones towards that where they've they've had some type of agreement to start to try and get some of his other back catalogue amongst the Xbox or Microsoft ecosystem. And that is the case with uh, Death Stranded. So if you want to get your Daryl from Walking Dead, your Norman Reedus, your, I can't remember his name from Boondock Saints, but uh, you want, was it Scud? Was that his name in Blade 2? Yeah, his name was Scud. It's like Stud, but Scud, yeah. That's right. Yeah, but if you want uh, the, the ageless... Uh, Norman Reedus on your PC through your Game Pass subscription, you can do so right now, I think. It's actually out now. I think it dropped yesterday. Uh, Out now? (laughs) Question mark. But uh, cool. Death Stranding, interesting game. I'm not going to go back and play it on my PC. Did you finish it? Find enough time on... No. (laughs) No, I did not. It it didn't hook me like it did with some people. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I've had enough. I'll park it. I might go back one day. But no. I've heard a lot of people say that they've played it, but I there's a really high percentage of people who say that they play it and didn't finish it. So I'm in that percentage. Yeah. But a game that I think I might play and attempt to finish is this next little announcement. I've got some wordage here from John Walker over at Kotaku, and it reads as follows. Game is very susceptible to mimetic themes, but if you'd given me a million guesses where we'd be in 2022, I don't think I'd have guessed tidying up. The fantastic-looking trailer for Bloody Hell Hotel sees this theme even reach vampire kind. I blame Stardew Valley. If a non-AAA game doesn't list its inspiration as Into the Breach, then you can bet it'll damn well be Stardew Valley. And that's the game cited in promotional materials here. 
That's your choice, cards or chores. But let's not accidentally let this slip into a complaint since both genres are giving us a lot of gold right now. Bloody Hell Hotel seems to surf the zeitgeist with exquisite timing with an announcement trailer that shows fixing, cleaning, sorting, and brutally chopping the heads off of enemies. This is from Unfold Games, who previously made the surrealist puzzle game Dark, and that's D-A-R-Q. Back then, the company was a team of one, Vlad Mahulitz, but it is now more of an established studio. I think what I enjoy so much about this trailer is how hard it is to get a pin in exactly what it is we'll be doing in the game. It's a game about organizing a hotel. It's a game about being a cleaning telepath. It's about being a brutal vampire who eats the guests. Or is it a first-person sword combat game where you're fighting off hordes of skeletons? It actually turns out to be all of those at once. It seems you're a vampire who's been in a coma for the last few centuries. As you'd imagine, this means your enormous mansion is in a bit of a dilapidated state. But now's the time to get it spruced up and open it as a hotel. This will involve some first-person farming, crafting, creating, and indeed fighting to gather resources and restore your home until other people want to stay in it. So this trailer came out of nowhere. I watched, excuse me, I watched this trailer and I was hooked straight away. Like, it's a very unique art style for one, but for a game and also a studio, like, no disrespect to Dark, I've never heard of them until this announcement came along and... This looks like it's got a lot of polish and yeah, sort of like farming, cleaning sim with some combat tied into this crazy wrinkle where you can choose to just kill your guests. But then if you kill your guests, your hotel rating is not going to go up. But then as a vampire, you need the blood to survive and da 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 da. So I like that there's some unique mechanics outside of the typical farming or sim based games that we've been playing over the years and there is a lot going on here but it seems to work and i am all for this game and i want to play it immediately miss hart i'm in are you in what do you think you send this to me you said it's very you and i'm like okay i'm always curious when people say it's very you um and you're right i can see why you um why you thought it would be my kind of game it's you know spooky uh kind of like scary kind of elements to essentially like build a renovating kind of ma- management kind of element of gaming um there's a lot it it really it really showed a lot of things to do in the game on the, in in the announcement trailer and i'm always a little bit skeptical when um a game tries to really overachieve on different elements on what you can do. And sometimes I'm like, I'm, I worry, I guess if a, if a game has so many, uh, so many different parts and elements that maybe others will falter because you can't give it like the full attention. Mm. Um, and the other thing is, is that usually when it comes to like these kind of builder games, you're usually used to it being like top down, but this is like first person <laughs> more like, yeah. um, I guess like your power wash simulator, like um, the home renovation game as well. Um, so it's in that first person kind of um, play style too, which is usually pretty unique. So I don't know. I'll, I will keep this one on my radar a little bit, uh, kind of keep on seeing like development and such. But yeah, it looks like me. It looks like a me kind of game. It's funny because we've been gushing about um, Cold Little Lamb for the last week or so now. And yeah. This feels like the first person enhanced, well, not enhanced version because Cold Lamb is phenomenal. Uh, that's probably the wrong wording to use, but it's it's in that same realm where you've got your, your simulation side of the game and then you've got some pretty dark, dank stuff to deal with as far as dungeon crawling and uh, breaking away from the monotony of managing your 
your hotel and keeping guests happy uh, like you do with your cult and, and your members and then going off and getting resources to, to build up and mm. bring that cult or this, this vampire castle um, into the limelight. So uh, it looks kind of quirky. Like there's there's an undead cow that you can milk to get resources. There's some stuff with zombie chickens where you get eggs. Uh, and yeah, you've got an influx of guests coming in and you can either deal with their, their ongoing complaints and needs and issues or you just drain them for your health. Then you can actually chop them up and serve them to guests <laughs> as meals as well. So it's kind of fun and quirky, but also horrific and gross and yeah, it's, it's on my radar and I'm looking forward to seeing more of this because it looks like it would be a ton of fun to play. I just realized this game is essentially the two games that I talked about last week. Mm. Call of the Lamb come and together. Bear and Breakfast. Yeah, so that's like kind of looks, that's what it looks like, just those two like mushed together, so. Yeah, but but it looks like, like graphically it looks cool. It, it's very, it, it's a lazy comp, but it's got a bit of a, a Tim Burton-y yeah. aesthetic to it, like yeah. a Coraline, like a um, Nightmare Before Christmas sort of art style, but it looks really good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all for it. Bloody Hell Hotel and the name. Bloody, I, I love the term bloody hell. I use it all the time. And bloody hell hotel, great wordplay. Let's go. Vampires are back, baby. <laughs> it's just, it's got a, the title is just completely different in Australia though. Like everyone exactly. else, everywhere, everywhere else is like, ooh, the bloody hell hotel. <laughs> and then you move it to Australia and everyone's like, oh, the bloody hell hotel. <laughs> yeah. Bloody I've hell. I've stayed there a few times. Bloody hell, yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, that wordplay is certainly lost amongst the rest of the the globe, but here in Australia, it just hits differently. <laughs> and uh, the next bit of news, uh, I've just titled this one "The Sweet Embrace," sir. And uh, they're at it again, Miss Hart. I've got some wordage here mm-hmm. that I've pulled from GamesIndustry.biz because these uh, these people at the Embracer Group have been at it again. They've been very busy. And uh, this week they have announced a number of major acquisitions, including the IP rights of the Lord of the Rings. So the company announced five acquisitions earlier this week, plus one unannounced acquisition for an aggregated upfront purchase of 576 million US dollars. Among the purchases, Embracer entered an agreement to acquire Middle Earth Enterprises, a division of the Sal Zanitz company, which has owned the IP rights to the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit for over 50 years. Embracer said that the acquisition may also include matching rights in other Middle-earth-related literary, uh, literary works <laughs> authorised by the Tolkien estate and HarperCollins, which has yet to be explored. Embracer said the acquisition was in line with its IP-driven transmedia strategy and expressed interest in exploring additional movies based on iconic characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel... Alwyn and other characters from literally work, uh, from the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien. I really have a hard time with the word literary for some reason. And continue to provide new opportunities for fans to explore this fictive world through merchandising and other experiences. Embracer also acquired Collector's Editions publisher Limited Run, with the transaction also including the company's 40% ownership in the joint venture Super Deluxe Games in Japan that will source more games to Limited Run on the Western market and provide a channel to sell Limited Run's catalogue in one of the strongest markets in the world for physical games. Singtrix, which also provides vocal processing effects technology for karaoke, gaming and entertainment, was also part of the buying spree, with his acquisition done via Embrace's new, uh, Embrace's new operation division, Free Mode. 
Free mode will focus its operating activities in the retro, classic, and heritage gaming category, as well as investing in iconic gaming and entertainment properties. The group also announced the acquisition of Killing Floor and Maneater Development Tripwire Interactive and its publishing arm Tripwire Presents, as well as teardown developer Tuxedo Labs, both via its subsidiary Sabre Interactive. Embracer Group CEO Lars Wingefors commented saying, Today, Embracer becomes an even better group. I am pleased to welcome an amazing group of entrepreneur-led companies to the Embracer family and to extend our portfolio with some truly remarkable IPs and franchises, including the Lord of the Rings. It is encouraging that our group has become a natural and preferred buyer of creative, growing and profitable companies within gaming and entertainment. Several discussions with entrepreneurs now joining have been going ongoing for more than three years before the stars align today, which underlines the importance of a long-term perspective in building our group, end quote. Earlier this year, Variety reported that the sales aid its company was looking to sell the rights for several J.R.R. Tolkien works, including Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And earlier this year as well, May also saw Embracer acquire Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal for 300 million US dollars. So holy hell, Embracer are just hungry, hungry hipposing the industry still. They are just chomping up studios left, right, and center. You know, some some smaller ones amongst there, but getting getting the, the access to the Lord of the Rings IP is pretty interesting and, mm. and see them looking to do more than just games and potentially do more film and TV. I'm a Lord of the Rings stand, so I'm all for it. I know it doesn't really uh, move no. the needle for you. You're not a big Lord of the Rings gal, but uh, what do you think of Embracer just uh, doing what Embracer does and buying everybody? I got to be honest, when you were reading the quote from the CEO, I was thinking of the Monopoly man. Um <laughs> But um, we were talking about it just briefly where um, I was like saying that I'm getting to the stage now that acquisitions and then buying of, you know, different studios and different, you know, studios and just everything essentially. Like, like I can't be okay with like, I used the example of Microsoft. I can't be okay that Microsoft did it because I get the benefit from it and then not be okay because I feel like this one's being greedy. I am curious, like, because, like, obviously, Lord of the Rings, yeah, that seems like a smart decision or that one makes sense. But I'm just curious with all these, like, acquisitions that they do, like, do they know something or is is it, do they have a real crackpot team behind the scenes that understands, like, trends or something that makes them do these purchases? Because... Um, like even like with the littler ones, you're kind of like, oh, okay, you you bought that one too. Like, um, so, I, like like I said, I don't really care about Lord of the Rings. Does this impact the series? Was it this? I don't think it does. Like I say, that's that's been um part of a contract written between Prime and the you know the Tolkien estate or, or whoever sort of uh, leased that out for the show. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that will change that, but maybe if they've only maybe agreed to three seasons when it comes to renewal, then maybe then Embrace will get involved and say, okay, things will be changing now. Uh, you're going to have to pay us more to continue this or we're just going to pull it and shift it and put it in their own streaming platform. Like who knows? It's True, uh, yeah. it's it's insane. Uh, Embracer are a gigantic beast. I did have a look at La- Lars uh, Wingforce just to see if he did resemble the Monopoly man in any way, but sadly he does not. He's just... 
generic white CEO businessman guy uh, in every sense of the word. So sadly, no monocle, sadly, no white twisty mustache or funky top hat. Shame. Just a generic white, um, yeah, C-level businessman. So <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the one behind um, yeah, Embracer Group, but it is absolutely insane. Uh, you know, they've got nearly 13,000 employees at Embracer Group now due to all these acquisitions and mergers and takeovers that they've had in the past 11 years. Like Embracer has only been around since 2011 and they have just been gobbling up companies left, right and center um, the, the last several years. And it's, 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 it's scary, but I'm with you. Like we can't high five and, and fist bump Microsoft or Sony for grabbing a Bungie or Activision Blizzard and then turn around saying embrace is bad. So hopefully this just helps give some of these smaller studios they pick up more of a spotlight to, to amplify their, their message and get the games into more people's hands. Uh, but yeah, the, the Lord of the Rings one is definitely very interesting. Um, obviously we've got that Gollum game in development, which I could not care less about. It looks like poo, but if we could get some stuff exploring, I don't know, the Gandalf or Aragon origin stories and stuff, I'm listening. I'm curious then if we're going to start seeing some mishmash here, because then we have such a important IP as Lord of the Rings, um, then maybe connecting them to a studio like Square Enix or Crystal Dynamics and then working those together because... That would be nice. A big, massive, like, in-depth RPG, like, in the Lord of the Rings world, yeah. done by, done by yeah, an Eidos, a Square, a Crystal, like, okay, now I'm listening, like... It's, they've proven to be able to make big, meaty, beefy, sandbox-style games you can have a ton of fun in. And there's a lot of history that they can dig through there with, with these Tolkien titles to, to make a pretty pretty beefy game. Yeah, my only problem that I have with this is them doing the Marvel thing and the line where they said that they're exploring additional movies based on iconic characters and then they just rattled off like a bunch of different characters. I'm like, do they need their own movies? I don't know about Lord of the Rings. Maybe you're yelling at me saying, of course they do. There's a very important blah, blah, blah going on. But um, yeah, they're like just saying like, oh, you, we've got the IP now. Now we're really going to stretch it out for every uh, every little dollar that we can make. So, hmm. I think the hardest part for me would be like if they were to do a one-shot film or TV show around Gandalf or Aragorn and like Sir Ian McKellen or Vigo are not playing those characters, it oh, would just attached? not be good. Uh... Yeah, like they're forever interconnected for me. So it'd be tough to sort of see them be cast as some, like played by somebody else because they were just so iconic in the movies themselves. But that's that's media for you. They'll, they'll rinse and repeat and reboot these suckers until the cows come home because there's money to be made. But uh, yeah, Embracer have been at it very aggressively this year so that's that's over 900 million us dollars they've spent um in the past three months alone on acquisitions so nice to have money god yeah well um hit up lars winchfors he's valued himself like his value in the market is apparently 1.7 billion us dollars is what he's worth so he might be able to throw you a couple of buckaroos but uh yeah if you don't want to wait for the inevitable Gandalf Aragorn crossover coming to the big or the small screen or the next 
entry um, into the Man Eater series where, you know, more shark, more furious. I don't know what they're going to call it, but uh, we got you covered because there's plenty of things coming out this week. New releases and events. Um, as far as films coming to the big screen, we've got Beast, Blaze, and The Invitation. So they're three different films. <laughs> I was about to say. Uh, Bla- <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's all interconnected, Beast, doesn't it? The Invitation. <laughs> So, so Beast is the the new horror movie. It's got Idris Elba in there mm-hmm. fighting a ravenous lion. Blaze is it looks like sort of a, a young adult themed movie where um, a child actually sort of um, inherits somehow like a little fire breathing dragon, like almost like a little monster in your pocket sort of vibe going on. Uh-huh. And then the invitation is is some other horror movie that looks like it's ripped straight from the conjuring world or something and i've had enough of that universe so we've got those movies coming out uh you keen to check out beast i'm i'm keen to see beast i'm not interested like i you know <gasps> love him but like i i just i don't like big monster films like i i have never never had my interest creature features are so great miss hart you must embrace them no no they, i find them very slow and then I'm yeah, always like, okay. oh, you can just do this. Or why is it still a problem in this day and age? <laughs> but I know, I know our friend of the show, James Culverhouse, yes. is keen for Beast. He mentioned that a few weeks ago. So I uh, have to reach out once he's watched it to get, get his opinion to see if it uh, checked all the right boxes. As far as games coming out this week, I just wanted to shout out this first one. So Boyfriend Dungeons Secret Weapons DLC is yes. out right now and it's free. And the Secret Weapons Upsate includes a new dungeon and new dateable weapons, including the Dr. Holmes the Whip weapon. So uh, I was like, okay, I really enjoyed Boyfriend Dungeon. I might go back and, and run this dungeon through this week because it was just fun and very unlike the other things I've played in the last 12 months. Same. I, I, when I saw that they dropped new content, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I do want to go back. I want to see how uh, how how raunchy Doctor Holmes the Whip is. Like, I reckon that'd be a sassy character. So I want to see uh, what Doctor Holmes gets up to, yeah. or what you can get up to with Doctor Holmes. Uh, other games coming out this week: Midnight Flight, uh, Midnight Fight Express, Saints Row. Uh-huh. So the uh, the reboot of the Saints Row franchise. It's that's come up quick, come up very quick. I feel like we talked about it for a good chunk, like maybe a month or two ago, and then it's now it's like, oh, and now it's here. And now it's here. So we'll have some impressions on Saints Row on episode 297 of THG. Also, F1 Manager 2022, SD Gundam Battle Alliance, Pac-Man World Repack, and Soul Hackers 2 all coming out this coming week. So nice diverse offering from the gaming Mm. space there. Uh, I'm keen to play some Saints Row. And also, yeah, this Boyfriend Dungeon Secret Weapons DLC. That's what I'm going to be doing this week. Yeah, I definitely want to be looking at uh, Boyfriend Dungeon and seeing seeing what Saints Row is about, see if it brings me back on board or if it, you know, went too much in a different direction for me. We'll have to I'm see. I'm going to... Uh, download the app this week and start like just playing with the character Build creator character, so you can yeah. preload preload myself ready to go so uh yeah i'm looking forward to that uh from what i've seen on the extended gameplay slices that they're sharing now it more saints row but like with a much prettier coat of paint and that's not a bad thing so uh let's see what kind of insanity we can get up to in that universe Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of episode 296. Anything else you wanted to mention or shout out before we maybe shut the studio down for another week? No, no, I got nothing to shout out except for 
possibly eating some barbecue this weekend. So I'm so jealous. So jealous. I was just talking last night when we were playing Fortnite because um, Steve and Wilco are also uh, barbecue connoisseurs. Wilco <laughs> needs to start posting delicious food on the timeline. <laughs> He really does. Every time. And it's like usually early in the morning for me too. I'm like, great, now I want barbecue at like mm. 10 a.m. Not necessarily a bad thing, but you know. Who's who's up for breakfast brisket, please? Oh, Let's yeah. go. But uh, yeah, that, we were talking about it last night. And I really miss uh, getting the smoker out and having a cook. But I might uh, just, just go buy some this week. That's the easiest and uh, quickest path of least resistance to get barbecue in my belly. But uh, I'm taking my sister and her partner to Deep End Pizza tonight to say thank you for uh, looking after the boys while I was away all week. So we're going to be eating Chicago deep dish and Detroit-style pizza tonight until our stomachs explode from overconsumption. So I cannot wait for that. But yeah, episode 296 officially in the can. We're a couple of episodes away from 300. If you've got any ideas... Slide on into our Discord and just drop them ideas in the THG um, subgroup in there because, channel? yeah, we're still trying to... Yeah, that's the word. I'm trying to think. What do they call it? In, in the THG <laughs> channel. And let us know what you think we should do for episode 300 because we've got a few weeks up our sleeve. we got some ideas, but we're happy to try and shape this episode yeah. with the listener in mind. So, yeah, hit us up in that Discord and uh, let us know what you think in there. Also, get those... Inv- um, Get those uh, suggestions in for your pizza prediction for Saints Row this week in there. Get that Metacritic prediction in, as well as those ratings and reviews. Screenshot those reviews. Send them through to at we are 8-bit on the socials. Hello at 8-bit on the email to go in the draw to win an 88GL3 gaming headset. But until next time, 8-bit nation, I think it's time we say goodbye for now and much love. And stay hungry. And now I want barbecue. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Amen.